In today's Mishnah, we'll learn the fourth and final Mishnah from the ninth Perek Masech that we're going to then we'll start the tenth Perek. The Mishnah begins, Habona Aliyah al Batim. So if someone builds an upper floor above two houses on either side of the Rishos Harabim. So in other words, this house is now bridging over the Rishos Harabim. So the passageway goes underneath the house. Likewise, if you have a bridge going over the Rishos Harabim, under which the public would walk. It says, According to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, one is able to carry underneath that location. Why? That is because he maintains, you can apply the principle of P-Tikra Mikan Umikan Yored Vesotem. So we've seen this principle already before, which is called P-Tikra Yored Vesotem. That is, that the beam itself that is bridging Rosh Hashanah, we can view it as if it is stretching down all the way to the ground, and therefore act as a mechitza, as a partition. So he's, according to Rabbi Yehud, he says we can apply the principle on both sides, both the open sides underneath the bridge or underneath this upper floor or this house that's over Rishos Harabim. However, Chachamim Osrim, Chachamim disagree because they maintain that since it's mufulash, meaning since there's a thoroughfare going all the way through this area underneath, we can no longer apply the concept of P'tikra Yored Vesotem. V'od, Amar Rebbe Yehuda, and Rebbe Yehuda applies another principle. Ma'arvim l'mavoy ha'mufulash v'chemim osrim. So what does this mean? Until now we've been discussing the concept of a mavoy, and a mavoy was an alleyway. And we've talked about the fact that this alleyway is one on which many chatser would open up. And if one performed a shit of mavoy for this alleyway, and they also did some sort of tikkun, so they would either put the crossbeam, so which is a korah, or the lechi, or the side post, by the entrance to the mavoy, then that would enable one to carry inside that mavoy. But till now, we've been explaining that this is only referring to a dead-end mavoy. So it's closed off already on three sides. Just one side is open. According to Rabbi Yehuda, however, he maintains that even if this alleyway is not a dead-end, it goes all the way through, then provided you put a lechi and korah on both sides, meaning both the open sides of this alleyway, and then performed a shituf, you'd be able to carry in that location. However, once again, Chachamim disagree. To explain, since it's a what's called a mavoy mafulash, one would not be able to carry simply by placing a lechi or kora. The only way one would be able to carry this mavoy is if at least at one end, one made what's called a tzurata petach, which is the shape of a doorway. In other words, you put two posts and a beam that goes say, across the top of it, so it has the shape of a tzurata petach. And that way it would make it as if one side is closed off, like a mavoy satum, and then the other side you'd be able to place a kora or a lechi. Just to explain this, this debate one step further, Bartner explains that according to Rabbi Yehuda, two mechitzot alone on a biblical level is defined as a rishos hayachi, meaning a private domain. Consequently, in that case, when even though this mavoy is mafulash, meaning it only has two walls on either side, since on a biblical level it's a rishos hayachid, it would be adequate to support a lechi in both the open sides to enable one to carry in that space. Whereas Chachamim disagree that if it's simply two walls does not make it a rishos hayachid on a biblical level, consequently, as we explained, you'd have to close off using some mechanism. For example, the tushapetach, one end, in order that it's surrounded by three walls, and after which you'd be able to then use a lechi korah to enable one to carry this mavoy. Let's now learn the first mission, the 10th parak. And the way Kati introduces this parak, he says, here we fill in a number of halachas that are left over to, to discuss from both Masech the Shabbos and Eruvin. The first case is as follows. Tfilin, if someone finds tefillin on Shabbat in a place, it, it's susceptible to get ruined. And it's not protected there, and he's worried about what would happen to them. And he wants to transfer them to a place that it can be protected. So how does he do so? The first opinion is, Zugzug. what you do is simply put them on, 
in your hand and head and take each pair one at a time. So you literally wear them like one would normally wear to fill on the weekday in order to transfer them. So it's not exactly considered carrying. It's like wearing garments instead, which is one's allowed to do, and then go back for further pairs. Raman Gamliel, however, says shnaim shnaim. One is able to wear two at a time. So in other words, put two shell yards on your hand and two shell rushes on your head as well. So what's the debate here? So the way it's explained is that, or this explanation here that Kati brings, is that, or the Bartender, sorry, brings it as well, is that according to the Chachamim, they maintain that Shabbat is what's called Zman Tfilin, meaning Shabbos is really a time where it's mitzvah to wear Tfilin on Shabbos. However, had Chachamim themselves prohibited wearing Tfilin in case one of the straps broke and you'll end up carrying it in your hand and end up carrying it, so you wouldn't be wearing it, and therefore you'd be carrying on Shabbat. Consequently, in this case, we were concerned that the tefillin would get ruined. There were makel to allow one to put on tefillin and wear them in order to transfer them. However, one could not do two at a time. Why? But because Shabbat is what's considered zman tefillin, we might run into the issue that if you put two on, two pairs of tefillin on, it would look like you're violating the prohibition of what's called bal tosif, where one tries to add to a mitzvah. In this case, it might appear as if you're saying the mitzvah is actually to wear two boxes on one's arm and two boxes on one's head. However, Raman Gamliel, in this respect, disagrees. He says that actually Shabbat is not Zaman Tefillin. It's not the time in Minatora where one should wear Tefillin. And therefore, wearing two at a time will not appear as if you're doing Baal Tosif, as if you're adding to a mitzvah, because it's not the time when the mitzvah should be performed. But nonetheless, two at a time would still be qualified as what's being called derech malbush, a way one could wear it, and therefore you can transfer two at a time. The mission continues, When can I rely on this way of transferring tefillin, this leniency, when I find them? That's b'yishanot. That's when we're dealing with old tefillin. Aval b'chadashot, new ones, one would be pator, meaning one should not transfer them. What are we talking about old ones and new ones? So the issue we're facing here is that it might not necessarily be tefillin that you found meaning it could be an amulet that simply takes the shape of tefillin. Consequently, there are two explanations here what Yishan old ones are. One understanding is, is it's got straps on it, and it's got knots and the like, so you're quite clear that it is tefillin. However, if it's just the boxes alone, then one needs to be concerned that it might actually not be tefillin. Another understanding is, is that the old ones mean that even if it's untied, it might have markings that testify to the fact that the, the knots weren't tefillin knots. That's what old ones refers to. Consequently, it's those ones you can take, but new ones where it's not clear that really these uh, straps are, say, tefillin straps, and what we're dealing with is tefillin, then one would be partial from transferring them. Let's continue. Matzat savatayim. Let's say if one found many pairs of tefillin, so bundled together, or krichot, or just a whole bunch of lots of tefillin, then machshich alihem. What one has to do is to wait till the Shabbos is out, stay there, umeviyan, and then you bring them. In other words... Since, since there's so many and you wouldn't have enough time to transfer them all before Shabbos went out, therefore, Chachamim did not allow you to simply transfer as much as you can on Shabbos. It's preferable for you to simply just wait there until Shabbat goes out. However, Ubisakana, at a time of the Sakana, of danger, he referring to, for example, under times of oppression when one was not able to wear tefillin, then Mechassan, what you should do is simply cover them with straw, or the like, and then just leave them there, so that they're covered, they're secure, they're protected, but don't stick around because of concern of danger. The Gemara actually adds another further point. They say, when do we say that? That's again, what we just explained, that they were concerned about oppressive powers that might punish the Jews for performing the mitzvah tefillin. However, if there's a concern of what's called sakana listim, 
not that they got not necessarily stolen, but there's a danger, there's a concern that if you stick around there and highway bandits might come along and steal them from you and put you in danger, that's a different scenario. Then Molichan Pachot Me'ar Ba'amot, which means you take them all as one and you transfer them a distance of less than four Amot and stop. And you repeat this process, and that way you're not transferring for Amot and Shusarabim, which is prohibited on a biblical level. And despite the fact that it's a rabbinically prohibited for the sake of these tefillin, transferring in this manner, so that the tefillin won't be in a state of bizarre disgrace, this method was suggested, was um, prescribed. We'll see in tomorrow's Mishnah that there's actually a dissenting opinion, but we'll have to leave that to tomorrow's Mishnah. There's Mishnah today.